Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. The Irish Tech News Podcast to the Crypto Corner. This is your host, Jamil Hassan where I bring you founders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, artists in blockchain and crypto. And today I have an amazing guest. His name is Michael Kaldash. He's the co-founder of Almeida's Blockchain. Um, Michael, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for, for meeting me here. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. Um, and today you're coming from live from Dubai, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I've always wanted to go and someday I will. So um, I'm gonna kick things off and say, you know, first question is this, what is your background and is it a logical background for what you're doing now? So actually I'm, I'm an, a doctor, myself, I'm a doctor. Ben, um, the co-founder is also a doctor. We've been studying together medicine in Germany and we've been working as doctors and also working for the pharmaceutical industry for quite some time. And yeah, so we, we founded the company together um, based a little bit on our ex- experiences in hospital uh, during our time as uh, clinical research officers and drug research officers in the, in the CRO. And uh, yeah, so that's why Amidas came up. You know, we, we have been working in emergency room or intensive care unit, stuff like that, and always had trouble in getting patient data. And that's um, when they had the idea, okay, that we, why is there no solution for that? And it was, it was the, the very beginning of eHealth. So it wasn't yet, you know, where, where we are now. And we said, okay, let's, let's introduce something. Let's find out how we can do this. And we programmed the first version of a platform. It was just, you know, like an experiment parallel to our work in hospital. And that went quite well. And based on these experiences, we built the company. Great. And so what, what is what is Amidas and what are your medical focus areas specifically? So it's there's no specific focus. It's basically, you know, it's a, it's a like a healthcare operating system, a healthcare ecosystem. It's not one app that does this or that. It's not like for video chat or for only for medical records, only for this, only for that. We are we are offering an ecosystem that, that brings every relevant e-health application into one. Uh, into one. So the thing about healthcare is it's not like, you know, when we talk about shopping or banking or any other app, you can bring a certain solution and people will use it or not. In healthcare, it's a little bit different. You cannot just come along with a single solution because, you know, there are a lot of apps for diabetes or for blood pressure or for medical records or for video chat. This is all nice and it's, it's, it's used, but, you know, you will never have a real acceptance in healthcare, the healthcare space, because when you have to, when you bring new software um, to the plan, and you have to find something that can be easily used and where people have to get used to only once. And when you come along with 10 apps and every app needs their separate login, their separate UI and, and the, separate, the, the separate user experience, you will not achieve with it in healthcare because, you know, hospitals or um, practices or any other healthcare institute, they have their software anyway. So hospitals have their hospital information system and they are working with that. And due to the fact that a step is changing fast, um, 
it's, it's even difficult to teach them to use one hospital information system, for example. And um, when you come along with a new application, you really have to bring something to the table. So it makes much more sense to have an ecosystem that has everything inside it better than, than having single apps for everything. So we're having these, these kind of, of health records, so medical records for the patient. We offer video chat, prescriptions. We offer um, second opinions. We connect people's tracker devices to the system. So the Apple Watch or Withing scales or Fitbit arm wrist stuff like that is connected to the system. Um, but we offer also professional tools like uh, a hospital information system. We call it MS Virtual Hospital that combines also rehabilitation tools. That's what we will bring out this year. And um, very, very important. And our, our latest clue is the first medical and scientific NFT marketplace, where we are reinventing the, the medical big data business, right? Um, where you can um, monetize data and people get paid for their data, but stay anonymous. And with all the advantages of, uh, an NFT brings to the table compared to the old ways of, of gathering data and selling it. So let me get this straight. You're you're launching um like a medical and scientific business to business marketplace, NFT marketplace. Correct. Yeah. So that's good. So we combine this B2C services for patients, for doctors, hospitals, or, or with the individual doctors with this B2B marketplace that's mainly focusing um professionals. That's correct. So how do you how did like when I think NFT, right? I think I think art, I think gaming. Like, how how did you structure, you know, um, to, how did you structure the marketplace to to work um, as a as an operational, you know, ecosystem? So, um, actually, the marketplace is in the beta test phase now. I uh, will be released very shortly. Um, it works like that. You can access it like any other NFT marketplace, like OpenSea or Rarible, whatsoever. Uh, but it's not allowed for individuals to mint uh, NFTs. So because when you know you can earn money with, with medical data, you could get the idea of inventing information or using dummy data to make it quick work. That's not what we are aiming for. We really want to have this as the base of a completely new way of medical and scientific research tool where you can collect viable data that has a certain structure, that takes a certain way, that is strictly anonymized, that can always be used in the same way because it's so organized, it will be indexable. So we have partners that we are working with, which will make the, uh, the NFTs indexable. So you can search for the information inside the NFT. Um, and so we will uh, give professional providers, people that are certified by us, means hospitals, means research organizations, um, pharmaceutical companies, hospitals, universities, the possibility to mint tokens. Um, and then sell them to other professionals. I mean, patients could also buy medical information if they're interested. Most of the time they will not, but this is a strong focus on this, as you said, B2B business between those professionals. Also, the AI market is a big one. Um, and artificial intelligence and machine learning are very frequent, frequently used uh, buzzword, but what does an AI need? What does the machine learning mechanism need? It needs good data. And if you have crappy data that is written on paper, that is not complete, that, that is missing information, 
you can have a very, very good AI that is not working because you don't have the data. So also AI companies in the, in the science and, and medicine field will be using these NFTs. So I want to ask you about it. You said you said minting and you said token. And when I think minting, I'm thinking, you know, like a patient card that would have all my information on it. But you said the tokens. Um, so how how does your token work um, in the in your infrastructure and how do you use that to get to help capture individual patient data? Yeah, so the, the token itself has several functionalities. First, you, you use it as a payment token for services inside the platform, but also for minting the token. So you, you can use the, the token to do that and to get a certain discount compared to other payment methods. So let's say Bitcoin, Ethereum, or, or fiat money, you can use that too. But using the MLS token will give you a discount on that. Then the token has several utilities, functionalities. That we haven't spoken about our social medical network that will be coming out in 2022 where we will give patients and healthcare professionals to interact on a, like a social media platform inside the system and exchange information and offer information and being incentivized for that with the tokens, um, which makes the MLS token also a social token because there is the interaction where the patients and the healthcare professionals are uh, using the token for and are being incentivized with it, right? Then we do have a governance function, so people will have a governance option with, when they hold the token. It will give uh, also professionals uh, discounts on certain services and on advertising on the platform when they hold a certain amount of token and stake it. Um, the token has a DeFi functionality in the upcoming time because the NFT marketplace will be the first time that you put a price tag on medical information. Up to now, when you go to someone and say, hey, tell me, What's the price for a data set with, let's say, a typical internistical patient who has a heart condition, who has high blood pressure, who has diabetes, who's taking this, this, and that medication? So no one will tell you what's the price for that. You know this information is valuable, but you don't know the price. With, from, with the time coming, um, these NFTs will get certain price tags. And you know a patient information or a set of information containing this, this, and that, will have this, this, and that value. So we will put a price tag onto this and thus make it possible to leverage data on the, on the NFT marketplace on, on the system and versus the token. So it's a, a wide range of what the token offers. And yeah, and in combination with the NFT marketplace makes even more sense. So let me say if I get this right. I let's say I do have, you know, those those health issues that you said, heart condition, diabetes high blood pressure, right? And I'm, a, and I'm a patient and you're collecting information and I, I wanna be involved in this social, you know, uh, network um, of sharing my information. How can I do that? Or is it strictly to, for, for doctors and for um, pharmacies and et cetera? So first of all, sharing information in the system is never mandatory. It's always free. So the patient has to actively opt in to do so. We as I met us, do not have access to any patient information, to none, right? The patient always decides to, to, to show his information to doctors, to the nurses treating him, or even to us if he uses iMedis internal services. So we have our own doctors doing consultations off online, 
um, or even offline and they get a second opinion, want to get a second opinion, people have to opt in and actively decide to offer their data. When we talk about this NFT thing and about selling their medical information via an NFT, they will have to be in touch with a with a, one of the professionals, either a healthcare company or a pharmaceutical company or a research organization that is taking care of that and have to give them the data. The data is anonymized and then used for the NFTs, but the patient is never urged to do so. So if the patient doesn't want to use it, if the patient doesn't want to use the token, he's never urged to do so. He can do whatever he or she wants, right? So it's always free of will, and the patient actively knows what he's doing when he is doing it. Got it. So then that leads me to my next question. There is, do you see your token uh, replacing um, underwriting functions? Uh, replace what? Sorry, I didn't get it. Under Underwriting functions. Oh, underwriting functions. Um, yes, there, there are certain use cases where, where we are discussing this functionality at the moment, you know, we're integrating uh, certain the normal way of underwriting using a tablet or a smartphone. Um, giving a consent with a token is one of the options that we've discussed. It's not yet implemented, so yeah, we will see what we will do with it or not. Awesome. So, let's. What's the opportunity of the NFT marketplace that you're in? Yeah, so that's a good question. So, um, our NFT marketplace is giving uh, big opportunities to pharmaceutical and, and, and clinical research. Because up to now, um, whenever a pharmaceutical medical trial is done, it's mostly depending on the pharmaceutical industry, which is, is, is true to the fact that they are paying for it and they have to, um, to develop the, the drugs that to treat this, right? But um, it's always a little bit a pro of a problem because um, only trials are performed for diseases that are promising profit, right? And with the NFT marketplace, we are completely independent of any industry because we can finance the trials that we are running solely with the information that we sell, which is a great opportunity because it's independent. And let's talk about rare diseases, so-called orphan diseases. You have the opportunity to make science into this direction because we have a large community of people that are much interested in, in, in getting their issues solved but the pharmaceutical industry is not addressing them because from a, from a, from a um, financial point of view, it doesn't make sense to them. So they don't do it. And it's, 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 it's understandable because the pharmaceutical industry is spending billions and billions of dollars for projects and nine of 10 projects are failing. And then there is one project that is performing and that is the blockbuster medication that must bring in a lot of money to finance everything else. So it's, you know, people are always talking about the bad pharmaceutical industry and, they are so so greedy. They are not. I mean, they want to earn money, which is absolutely okay, but they lose a lot of money with information that is not viable. And thus, they, they are not investing money into trials and into medication that is not bringing big revenues. And with the NFT marketplace, we can go into this direction, change this. And we, we see a large opportunity here because we can finally address many, uh, uh, diseases that are, that are rarely treated, but I have a big impact. On a lot of patients' lives, and yeah, so that's that's one great opportunity. Thank you. Let's look talk a little bit about higher level here. You know, what, what challenges or obstacles do you 
you know, both businesses and individuals currently encounter, you know, um, in their search for affordable health care? Yeah. So first of all, most most of the highest hurdle that 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 you always come along when you're in the in healthcare is the different jurisdictions and different healthcare systems in every country of the world. So no healthcare system is the same in two different countries. There are different regulations talking about the European Union with the GDPR right as thing and the United States with HIPAA compliance and stuff like that. Um, so that, that that's one obstacle, but that's something that we have faced quite early. So the product, the, the platform is a medical product already. So we're not just an app. We are a registered medical product in the European Union. That's the first thing. We are HIPAA compliant. We are IT compliant. We, we are um, compatible with the clinical standards. And we use FHIR, for example, for exchange with healthcare software. That's the medical standard for exchanging documents or the latest standard to do so. Uh, and, you know, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about reality, you know. COVID and this the crisis that humanity is facing during the last 18 months has shown that there have to be changes done, okay? The system as it is now is not going to work for the next 10 or 20 years. So things ha will have to change. And there will be a demand, and there is already a huge demand for services like ours. And this will, in the end, lead to the fact that changes are coming into place, okay? Ju juristic regulations will be changing, laws will be changing, and I mean, let's talk about, for example, Germany, where I'm originally coming from. Um, there is a big problem in rural landscapes where you don't have family doctors, you don't have pediatrics, you don't have, you know, a neurologist or psychiatrists. What are you doing? You go into, you take your car and go 200 or 300 kilometers to find the next doctor, or do you want to use e-health applications? So there is, and this problem is 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 becoming worse every year. Right, and that's we're talking about Germany, which has one of the best healthcare systems in the world. So you have your insurance card, you go to a doctor, and you get whatever you need. But in the rest of the world, it's not that perfect. And even in Germany, this is becoming a big problem now. So the the the, the systems will have to adapt to these changes, no matter if they like to or not. I agree. Um, so you said reality. And I know your background, we said before, is clinical research. What insights, you know, have you seen that, you know, especially in this area still of, still of COVID, you know, that will, you know, help improve, you know, the, the situation with the healthcare, with the global healthcare? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, COVID, COVID has uncovered this and has accelerated a lot of changes. Mm. I mean, the virus itself is bad and it has some very, very bad um, implications. But for, um, from the other side, it has, it has really accelerated the, the, the change, right? So. Right. Um, so how do, you, how, do you see, how do you see that changing? How do you, you said, you know, 10, 20 years is not sustainable and we're changing 10 to 20 years. So what, what do you see in, as your 10 to 20 year vision? So I see, I mean, um, e-health will never completely replace a doctor. When you tell me, Michael, I do have abdominal pains, the first thing I will tell you, go see a doctor physically. Someone has to touch your, your abdomen. Someone has to take a blood sample. Someone has to make an ultrasound. So there will always be a demand for real-life medicine. There's no discussion about this. So e-health is not going to replace this. But we will fill, fill the gap between 
patients, hospitals, and ambulances or, or, or ambulatory practices because most of the time patients are at home. They are traveling, they are working, they are doing this, doing that, and there is always demand for medicine. So there will be a rising demand and more and more use cases for, for e-health applications. There will be more and more use cases for artificial intelligence. So let me tell you something from my clinical career. Normally you would say, when I, I ask you, okay, there are certain cancer uh, cancers that cannot be treated, and it's, it's, it's really difficult to treat them, you would agree. But if I tell you that even such simple things as a high blood pressure are very frequently not well treated because people are not following clinical guidelines, people are not controlled regularly, people do have a problem with compliance because when they're at home, they open the, the, the medication box from the, the blood pressure medication, they read the, the, the side effects and then they say, oh no, this sounds bad, I will not take it. They could ask a doctor if there would have been uh, yeah, a solution for that, but they didn't do it, so they don't, didn't take the medication. So there's, you know, there's, there's a large use case in that. And what's, what's also very important, healthcare systems globally change. Also in the Western and industrialized countries like the United States, that it's, it's becoming less and less. Uh, healthcare is becoming less and less available. Hospitals are closing. For example, in Germany, it's a big topic at the moment. So hospitals are closing down. Practices vanish. You don't have practice to go to. So you need to fill this gap. And e-health is the solution for that. So it will be a hand-in-hand -hand solution with clinical uh, doctors uh, and practices on the one hand and e-health applications on the other side. And AI solutions and even simple guideline guideline treatments that can be that, that can be performed using such an application will be coming more and more mainstream because when you have certain diseases like high blood pressure you follow certain instructions and you follow certain certain rules and ways there are there are clear um, clear guidelines for these kind of diseases and when you have an application that leads you through this it will bring a big opportunity for patients and a big advantage into the clinical treatment so let's talk about that advantage. Um, you know, your your uh, talk about remote access to medical professionals. You know, um, through medical medical tourism, right? Um, and a lot of people, uh, you know, get you know are not able to travel because they have certain diseases, right? But you're opening the opportunity to the concept of medical tourism. So what would what is and what will be possible um, through medical tourism that isn't possible today, and how can people get the treatment no matter where they are? Yeah, the good thing is that um, wherever people are and they use our platform and they're part of our platform, they always have the medical information with them, beginning with the allergies, with the medication plan, with the last diagnosis, the last X-ray, the last MRI was, that was performed. And whenever they go to see a doctor in another country, they can just share this information with the doctor. So doctors all over the world are instantly able to access all relevant patient history, which is life-saving, time, and money-saving, right? And it gives you confidence. And even if there is a, a problem with the doctor in, your, in, your, in, the, in the country where the patient is going to uh, has certain questions, he can connect via the platform to the doctor in the, in the patient's hometown or the, the home country. So it's a really instant exchange of information and a very secure one. Great. 
Um, and then how do you how how can you assess with the remote with the with the farthest reaches of remote access to between institutions and, and patients? So um, it's very simple. Um, it's very simple because you know when when uh, uh, whenever a patient wants uh, um, institution to accept the records, he can do it either the, the institution is connected to the system and already unlocking. If that's not the case. The patient can extract most of the viable information into a simple document. So he can just press one button and then all the information is in one PDF document and the doctors can access it, even if they're not part of MEDIS. So that's what the patient can perform at any time. Awesome. Um, so I have one further question. Um, and I wanted to know this is, is why? Is it was it important? I mean, you're from Germany, from Germany, right? Why well, was important to establish a headquarters in Dubai, and what opportunities does that location offer to standardize the global data and processes? Dubai is a fantastic, fantastic place because it's so open-minded. You have so many people that you can work with, um, and Dubai is very much interested and very focused on the future, while other countries. I'm not so much like, you know, in Germany, I can talk about Germany again, because I know this healthcare system very, very well and deep, deeply. It's, you know, there are established players in the healthcare space there that have a certain interest in keeping up the status quo, right? So it's very difficult to bring changes to the table because there's always someone saying, hey, what about me? I have earned so much money until now. You know, the thing is, when, when you take a look at the German healthcare system, there is a nice graph, unfortunately, I don't have it here, but I would show it to you, where the patient, the doctors and the nurses are very, very small part of it. You have a lot of insurance companies, you have a lot of, you know, institutions that are taking care of healthcare in, in one way or another. Fact is, everyone is earning a lot of money with it, and least of that money is flowing into the doctors and the nurses. So um, there is not so much um, pressure to change the system than it is, for example, in other countries. And Dubai is very future focused and they are very, you know, they're thinking wider than, for example, people in, in Germany do. And that's why uh, Dubai is a fantastic place to start from. And you know, that um, it's a great spot because it's so, it's central. You are easy going to Africa, you're easy going to Asia, you're going to Europe, so you're well connected to everywhere. And yeah, and due to the fact that we have very good people in Dubai that you are, can work with because we as founders, I mean, we, we, we know certain things to a, to a certain point, but you always need professionals that are much better than you in a certain area. And Dubai just has these people. While it's very difficult, for example, in, in Europe, uh, and especially coming back to Germany, to find these people because in Dubai, people are well paid for their work. Uh, in other parts of the world, it's, it might be different, right? So um, it's it's a great place to come to and a great place to work and find people who share your vision and who can who can help you. I agree. So I had, that was my last question, but it wasn't. And now I have one more follow up. <laughs> so um, yeah. I spent a lot of time, you know, uh, crypto blockchain, looking at Bitcoin and other uh, ways to disrupt banking, you know, stuff like that, right? But it looks like similarly in healthcare, there's the same required paradigm shift that, you know, for, for traditional institutions to adopt blockchain. Um, how do you see, what do you see is necessary 
in order to create that paradigm mindset shift to fully embrace the um, the way that you propose um, blockchain and healthcare. And the good thing about blockchain is first the, the decentralization, right? To decentralize information, which makes them more trustable, right? That's the first thing. The blockchain is a, a fantastic tool for generating trust. And trust is the, the thing in medicine, healthcare, that is the most important thing. When people talk to doctors, when they, they give their life into, into other people's hands, trust is important. But the same with data. So if people give their data to, to someone else and share it with someone, the most important thing about it is trust. So that's what the blockchain does. And it's just, you know, this, this paradigm shift because um, up to now, the data was always in, in the doctor's hands, okay? The patient never had the feeling, this is my data, but it's the patient's data. It's not the doctor's data. So the patient with the blockchain and the, the entire ecosystem, it's possible for the patient to, to get back his info, to, to, to be the owner of his data and to also have the feeling that he is. That is very important. Um, and that gives, this, this is a big opportunity because it also motivates people in actively participating more in what they do. So the, the, the problem about healthcare systems up to now is always, you know, I see it when I look, see in my own family, people go to the doctor and say, okay, I do have a problem. I don't know what to do. I go to a doctor, the doctor prescribes me this and that medication. He sends me to this and that examination. And that's it. And the rest is in God's hands. No, it's not. It's also in your hand. But how do you participate in something that you don't have access to? With Amedis, this is changing because you have access to everything that belongs to you and the blockchain supports you in that mission and gives you the trust that you are in control and not someone else. I love it. Thank you. Um, so I want to thank you very much for your time today. I enjoyed our conversation. Um, it sounds really exciting. Um, and my last question is this. How can people find out more information about you, about Amidas Blockchain, about what you're up to in your roadmap? Oh, how can they do that? Yeah, so they can visit our website. It's, it's imedis.io. So imedis.io is the website. And they can visit us on our social media, uh, our social media channels. We are on Telegram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. On Instagram, we are everywhere. Always search for imedis Global. That's, that's our channels. And yeah, just visit the site. If you have questions, just contact us, call us, participate, send us your ideas, whatever you like. We won't be happy about that. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you too. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.